0: Welcome to PSQH The Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of PSQH. On this episode, I talk to Naseem Bickham, VP of Care Transformation at Timely Care, about the need for safe care environments for transgender and gender nonconforming patients. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Naseem Bickham, VP of Care Transformation at Timely Care. Welcome, Naseem.
1: Thank you so much, Jay. I'm excited to be here.
0: Great to have you here. And before we uh, start talking about uh, transgender and gender, gender uh, nonconforming youth and, and health treatment, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do at Timely Care.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Again, thank you so much for uh, having me here. I'm really excited to speak on this topic and with you all. My name is Nassim Vikam. That's N-A-S-S-I-M. Last name is B-I-C-K-H-A-M. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California. And as Jay already mentioned, I am the vice president of care transformation at Timely Care. What that means is my team is responsible for three main things in the care department. The first is clinical strategy. The second is clinical program development, and finally, clinical health outcomes.
0: Excellent. Well, I wanted to start things off by uh, having you talk a little bit about the findings of a recent uh, Trevor Project poll of transgender and gender nonconforming youth about getting health treatment.
1: Yes, absolutely, and. For those who may not know what the Trevor Project does, they look at suicide um, rates for youth. So this is a a place where we look to make sure that we're getting up-to-date information. And they recently uh, conducted a poll, as you shared, um, and came up with three findings that are very impactful to the way that we think about healthcare and treating this specific group. And the first is that 86% of transgender and non-binary youth say that Recent debates around anti trans bills have negatively impacted their mental health as a result of these policies and debates in the last year, 45% of trans youth experienced cyberbullying as such and nearly one in three reported not feeling safe going to the doctor or hospital when they were sick or injured. The second. Big one was 75% of LGBTQ youth say that both anti-LGBTQ hate crimes and threats of violence against LGBTQ spaces often give them stress or anxiety. And finally, at least 70% of LGBTQ youth say issues like efforts to restrict abortion access, gun violence, police brutality, and not having enough money often gives them stress and anxiety. So these findings are concerning and should be for for the leaders in healthcare, because we know that stress and anxiety are often lead to poor health outcomes. And so healthcare providers, regardless of their specialty, play an important role in helping young TGNC patients achieve a thriving life. Uh, Not only can we help design care plans to address physical health conditions, but we can also collaborate with other clinicians and community organizations to make sure that this group of patients have the needed mental health care and support at this transitional time in their lives
0: and obviously you know it's difficult to kind of you know I think grow up uh, you know maybe being different than somebody else uh, anyway as a kid how is how is uh, sort of this poll what does this sort of tell you about you know The mental health status and well being of TGNC youth when you know when they're kind of dealing with these these kind of newer issues.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as members of Gen Z, these students face unprecedented mental and emotional challenges and are experiencing worse health outcomes. And that's illustrated also through multiple bodies, not just the Trevor project, but the CDC, for example, many people here, whether you know a young person or have a young person in your life, you might've seen the reports here and the U S surgeon general, uh, Vivek Murthy, he highlighted this trend during the past year in an effort to increase the awareness and action around a situation that has become an alarming public health issue. And so what that really means is that our young people are suffering they're experiencing stress and anxiety at rates that are unprecedented and specifically for our TGNC youth you know we can all think back to a time where we were teenagers or we witnessed our loved ones go through something that made them feel isolated and hopefully we were met with people who cared about us whether they were healthcare providers or our family members our institutions our schools that let us feel seen and come over those hurdles but even based off of one of the stats that was really concerning is that when people are feeling these isolated ways or the stress and anxiety they're not even feeling safe enough to receive care and that's really it where as a healthcare organization we have an opportunity to fill in the gap. Um,
0: and then I guess you add to it you know we had a couple years of COVID pandemic which even uh, increased the sense of isolation for a lot of folks so I imagine that just compounded things,
1: yes, absolutely, and this is something that we see at timely care and when we we talk with our patients or we provide care for them is that the transition from covid till now is is just different, and it's something that we're navigating as a society together and What's really wonderful that we do at Timely Care, and I encourage all healthcare organizations to think about is that these aren't problems to be solved in isolation, right? We are a group of really smart people who get together to think through how may we be able to best support these groups. And so there's a lot of different levers to pull for that, but definitely this this group of young people, they've experienced something that that none of us even had to experience and we're all not quite sure how to come out of but with great uh, partnership and consultation we're able to support and fill in that gap as best as possible
0: uh, and how does this compare with the experiences of tgnc adults
1: yeah there's a there's a ton of different things that we could share on this topic but one one piece i really want to kind of hone in on is that our tgnc adults are incredibly brave they've voiced their experiences in a way that we haven't seen in the past. And what that's really done is is it's teed us up as healthcare organizations, as healthcare leaders, to think about how does this greater awareness that these brave advocates have voiced for, how do we come in and make sure that we are able to bridge those healthcare gaps? So not only has it helped us to build clinical programs immediate state for our adults it's also drawn our attention and given us the opportunity to uh, even think about how we support our youth from a prevention standpoint so i think the point i'd like to make there is that again this is a really brave group of adults who've come forward to draw awareness to this and so as we tackle the immediate issues it's also it should not be uh, lost on us that that awareness is also bringing awareness to our youth and making sure that we can coordinate the appropriate prevention efforts in parallel.
0: So, yeah. So how can healthcare organizations create safe environments for these patients?
1: This is an um, ongoing thing. I'm sure. You know, I think <laughs> this is an ongoing thing. And I, and I hope that anybody who's listening or, you know, us even here just talking, what's important to know is that you'll never know everything about a particular population and maintaining curiosity, the willingness to learn and doing your own homework to really understand populations to the best of your knowledge as a healthcare provider, that's that's paramount. So as you're looking to staff your organizations, and you're looking at who might be a good fit, that curiosity piece, that self-awareness that drive and willingness to learn about the patient in front of you should be a paramount skill that each and every provider has. And so in addition to that, when you have that kind of hungry outlook, that curious outlook as a provider, as an organization, you can step in with learning opportunities. So at Timely Care, we really make sure that we foster inclusive environments um, and that we partner with organizations like Violet or others that are able to help continue steering the ship and make sure that we are at the forefront of understanding the latest legislation or the latest changes that might impact particular groups, that the more we keep a pulse on this and build it into the fabric of what we do and the conversations we have both you know with our patients, but also as an organization with one another, we're able to, I think, create the best um, environments for our patients, which ultimately leads to better health outcomes.
0: And how can organizations ensure that their providers and administrators have the proper awareness and knowledge about these
1: issues? So this again is totally just um something that I would say we you encourage providers to take ownership of in addition to making sure that the organization is on top of it. So, we make sure at our organization, for example, that we have our providers share knowledge as it comes through. They can share um, consultation pieces of how that impacts the patients they've worked with, what they've seen to be successful, Um, but really taking a lens to understanding the intersectionality of what a patient's experience is and where they what their intersection, um, what that intersection of identities looks like when they show up to patient care is super important when developing a comprehensive care plan that really supports the health outcome of the individual that's sitting in front of you.
0: Um, And obviously, uh, there's a lot of, you know, anti-TGNC, LGBTQ legislation that's being passed in a number of states. How does this add to the challenges that these patients face in those states.
1: Yeah, I think that it gets them to, unfortunately these patients feel further isolated when these things come about, it increases their stress and anxiety. And oftentimes if you have a comorbid condition that leads to poor health outcomes and so, as an organization, we make sure to keep an eye on that piece and make sure that it's imperative for our providers to stay aware of the policies that impact patient care um, and share their knowledge to best serve the individuals who are already struggling to access inclusive and identity centered care.
0: Um, One good thing that came out of the pandemic was the increased use of telehealth. Um, Is that something that can be used to kind of reach out to folks who maybe are a little hesitant to to go to you know a healthcare facility to seek treatment
1: yeah absolutely i think that you're you're touching on innovation was really something that we can be thankful for coming out of the pandemic is how do we reach patients in a different way and that's um something i encourage everybody to think about is how do you meet someone where they're at and so things that are kind of technical that we were able to develop on our end is how do we get information to people that they might need to help support their um, their conditions that may not require necessarily a provider visit because we're hearing in the data and seeing in the data that some people are scared to access care for a variety of different reasons um, and how do we still get those people the information they need to manage their their health and We've actually seen really great uptake in those areas and it's been it's been fantastic and oftentimes we call that almost an informal on ramp to care because once you're able to see safety established in a virtual setting, perhaps through articles or videos or peer community um, kind of uh, platforms, then you might think that that institution or that organization might be safe to actually access a provider through. So we're really proud of that. And that's something that I think about a lot is that people are in a lot of different stages when they're thinking about how they want to access care. And it's important for us to meet people at all those different stages. If we want to make sure that they have the agency and ownership over their health.
0: Um, do do innovations like that uh, make you hopeful for the future just in terms of Providing opportunity and, and access, uh, you know, for TGNC patients and, and, and just, you know, even kind of providing awareness for, you know, providers uh, to, you know, to really be more open uh, when it comes to, you know, allowing access.
1: Absolutely. I live for this stuff, Jay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that the the innovation piece and really thinking about what's been done before, how does that serve our populations well and how does it not and how can we leverage things like telehealth um, to To be sure that we can meet those individuals needs and also monitor their health outcomes in a different way. We know that systems are typically built for uh, certain types of folks and um, those systems don't always meet the needs of everybody. And so it's really something that I love to think through. It's a challenging problem, but it's something that. I feel really grateful that I get to work on every day is, is what else can we do and how do we bridge those gaps and how do we do it in an engaging way where it feels like everybody is getting a great level of care at every single time and experience they engage with, um, an institution.
0: Yeah. And hopefully the next time there's a poll, you know, kind of asking about these, these issues, it'll have uh, some more positive results.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's the goal. It's, it's very, tough to hear these kinds of things, but until we can quantify problems, it's, it's really hard to measure them too. Right. And so I see that and I, I, it, it motivates me to do better as a healthcare leader. And I know that people feel that way um, within my organization and on my team as well. And, you know, it lights the fire a bit to say, hit the ground running, do everything you can do to do better. And the next time something like that comes out, we should see those numbers decrease significantly for that group.
0: Well, terrific. Well, Nassim, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been great.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Jay, for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Um, And thank you for taking a specific eye to serving um, our youth. All right.
0: That wraps up episode 88 of PSQH, the podcast. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at psqh.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks again and stay safe.